Hey, it's James Kotecki from CES Tech Talk here to tell you that registration for the world's most powerful tech event is now open. What event is that? You know what event it is. Come on, the greatest minds, the most powerful brands, the most impactful technology, it all comes together at CES 2024. So discover the tech-defining AI, transportation, startups, smart cities, digital health, and solutions for a better, more sustainable planet. Register now at ces.tech, all together, all in, all on. This is CES Tech Talk. I'm James Kotecki. The world's most powerful tech event, CES 2024, brings the future to Las Vegas January 9th through 12th. And today, we preview the future of esports and the light speed internet that will make it possible. And I do mean light speed in a literal sense. We're talking Li Fi internet. That's Li Fi for light fidelity. It's like Wi Fi delivered on the invisible light spectrum. Is it really that fast? And is it feasible for the forthcoming future of fun? Let's light things up with Mike Fasulo. He's the co-founder of the Li-Fi technology company PhotonFi, and Gail Dickey, the CEO of Gamer World News, who can tell us all about how esports is getting into this game. Welcome, both of you, to the show. Good to be here. Hello, James. Great to be here. Good to see you, Gail. You too, Mike. Mike, I want to start with you to lay some technical groundwork here. Is it fair to think of Li-Fi as basically like faster Wi-Fi, but it can't go through walls? I would phrase it a little differently. I would say it enhances wireless connectivity significantly. And specifically, when you look at it from a security point of view, it can't be hacked. It's unjammable. If you look at it from a stability point of view, uh, regardless of how many users are on the system, you get the same no degradation of signal. Uh, if you look at it from a gaming perspective in latency, 0.5 milliseconds latency. So almost no latency whatsoever. And it's it's just a very consistent upload and download platform that can deliver up to 250 megabits per second upload and download systematically. So maybe a little more exciting than mm -hmm. um, your intro. Yeah. <laughs> but I want to make sure people can understand this compared to maybe what they're currently using. We definitely want to get into the esports use case in a second, but just think about, I don't know, the average person streaming YouTube in their house, for example. Like, how much better is this for them if they have Li Fi, if they have the ability to use that? Um, do, do they notice the difference or, or is it something where you kind of really notice the difference in an esports or kind of context like that where you need a really high speed, really stable internet because of the activity that you're in? So, so the, technologically, I'll answer it. And business wise, um, the use cases we're currently deploying would be in the gaming and business side, the enterprise side. So IT, gaming and enterprise. Will it eventually get into the living rooms of consumers? Yeah, I, I think so. But the difference is because it's light-based, you're not going to see a difference. However, you'll experience a difference on a performance. So compared to Wi-Fi, you're not going to have degradation of signal. You're going to be totally secure. You're not, you're not going to see any drop in performance. Um, so those type of things you will experience. Uh, but, you know, it's light, so it's really hard to, mm -hmm. to see a, a difference in in the actual setup, but the performance, clearly a difference. 
And we're going to get into the esports use case here. So when I ask you one more technical question sure. um, from the the esports maybe perspective, if if someone is an esports athlete and they have all the latest equipment and all the latest gear, um, obviously those things have access to. Wi-Fi, do they need to modify or, or buy anything special to be able to access Li-Fi when they go into a situation that has that available? Or is it literally as simple as, you know, you go on your Wi-Fi menu, you toggle the different options. This would just be a kind of another option on there. I guess I'm just trying to figure out how much different is this from the, the user's experience to actually, you know, get on this. Sure. And then maybe after I respond, Gail may want to uh, respond as well. But um, th thinking about it from the user experience, it's simply uh, putting a dongle in your PC and then on your network, mm -hmm. you pick the Li-Fi. From a production point of view, it will connect to any incoming signal, ISP, whatever broadband you have coming into the structure. And then there are specific devices for the production side that actually beam the light. Right? So it's, it's more of like a, yeah. a very big cone of light that is directed right at the at the user. But from the user perspective, it's plug and play. So let's talk about the play aspect of this. Gail, um, before we get into the use case in esports, I'd love you just to contextualize some of how esports is doing and what it's doing here as we talk, uh, as we're getting toward the end of 2023. Can you just help us first kind of baseline some numbers to understand sure. the popularity of esports? My, my favorite thing, yeah, because it just keeps growing, you know, it, every week I look and it's just getting bigger and bigger. But for the most part, let's look at it from an overall global perspective. And we've got, uh, uh, we're clocking about 3.2 billion gamers around the world and about 4 billion in revenue by the end of this year. So you always take the, the global game revenue and you do it about one and a half percent. So we're still looking at 1.5 billion in esports revenues, you know, by year end. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, there's around 540 million esports viewers globally. Um, and that should go to 614, I think, by the end of the year, if I remember correctly. There's some mm -hmm. really great stats here. Uh, the top gamer, Johan Sunstein, has a career earnings of 7 million. The U.S. has over 45 million esports viewers. Um, the total prize monies are 153 million to date. Um, 153 million played League of Legends last month, just last month alone online, and they have the most concurrent viewers with 1.3 million on at the same time. And then, uh, which is surprising, but um, there were 168 million kids, players uh, on yeah. Minecraft last month. So the numbers wow. are staggering. They're going to continue to grow. And I think it opens up a, a kind of interesting possibility for new technology and how it'll change the game, not only for the audience, but for the competitors. And can we talk about kind of the highest levels of competition here? For those who, obviously more and more people are familiar with esports every day, but for those who maybe still not be as familiar, we're talking about arenas, right? We're talking about people in arenas. They're sitting in front of computers uh, in, with a group of other teammates facing off against another team, but there's people physically there that are watching them. And obviously there's people who are streaming the competition right. um, remotely. And and this is, I believe, the context in which uh, Li-Fi would be useful. But can sure. you kind of, Gail, help us understand what's going on there? And maybe Mike, can you chime in as well and help us understand what technically needs to happen there from an internet perspective? Uh, yes, yeah, so I first, think what's important, what's important to, to know is from the audience perspective, it's going to be stable and smoother 
no question. And from the competitive standpoint, I think it's going to probably provide a competitive edge as we move forward where split-second reactions um, mm. are going to be crucial. Um, it's great for the gamers themselves. Uh, for admin, it's going to be a significant change. You know, you won't see the cumbersome wires and the setup and the takedown is going to be, you know, astronomically faster. So mm. I think it's it's going to um, affect both from the competitor standpoint, the audience, and then certainly in terms of administrative needs. Um, I think that's pretty much the the overall view. Wouldn't you agree, Mike? I, I, I do, Gail. And it's it's um, when you look at the, the world of gaming, competitively, most, and Gail is the expert here, but most uh, gamers are wired, right? So Li-Fi brings yeah, benefits correct. to wired more benefits than wired, and many more benefits than Wi-Fi. But if you're in a stadium as a fan trying to connect to the Wi-Fi system, if you're in a dead zone, you're in a dead zone. So with with Li-Fi, uh, because of the, the spectrum of the light, uh, it'll improve the fan experience. There's also geolocation capabilities, which wired and Wi-Fi um, are challenged with, where you know we can specifically get to a seat in a stadium to a a fan, and you can imagine what you can do as a promoter with that type of fan fan experience. Uh, from the gamer point of view, uh, the wires go away, right? So it's more mobile, and and again, the geolocation, and obviously the latency is significant. The lack of latency, the low latency, is significant. So I think when you look at the, I hate using the word, but the whole ecosystem, um, from the production to the administration to the gamer to the fan experience. There's attributes that will make that a better experience for everybody. You know, I, I want to add one more one more thing. You know, if you think about it in terms of um, what it means to esports, um, I think the way players compete will definitely see a competitive edge. But from the from the standpoint of you know the way uh, the equipment is designed, this could really open up a whole new world here in terms of incorporating um, the Li-Fi trans, uh, transceivers into their devices, and that'll help speed up the gameplay transmission. So you know you're talking about controllers and headsets and keyboards, and it'll just speed up the overall connectivity. Um, I'm not sure personally, if it'll be entirely noticeable, but I think it depends on the game. And when we get mm. some of the pros in there to really um, use it and maybe do some case studies, I think it'll be, we'll get some pretty remarkable information about it. The goal is to have it not noticeable, right? Because if you're noticing something, it's probably something went wrong. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah. But faster. Uh, I mean, it should be faster. faster. Yeah. Yeah. We seem to be talking about this in the future tense. So can both of you kind of benchmark where this technology is right now and when, you know, the most elite esports athletes can anticipate actually using this technology in a com competitive setting? Well, I think it's in the early stages for sure. Um, and I'll let Mike speak to, you know, where they are uh, in their um, cycle. But I think we're in the process of setting up some, you know, testing and some usages, you know, whether it's colleges or universities or just some team overall team play. Um, I know uh, I'm helping the guys kind of move forward in that uh, area. But as soon as there's some case studies and early use, uh, you know, reporting, I think we're going to see movement to more and more event, because, more and more events because they got nothing to lose. 
You know, it's you want a bunch <laughs> of wires and or you want to have it break down and, you know, <laughs> break down easy and put it up pretty quickly. So, yeah, from a, from a deployment point of view, it's uh, mainly deployed in Europe and in Europe uh, it's deployed at military defense. It's deployed at a uh, mm-hmm. particular airline and aerospace, uh, deployed in transportation and, and financial. Uh, and just now through Photon Fi, the company that uh, I've co-founded, we're, deli- we're deploying it in the U.S. One of the security aspects here is, uh, as I mentioned at the top, this doesn't this doesn't go through walls. If, if, and correct me if I'm wrong, but if, and which means that if you have it in uh, one room, you're not going to get it in another room. And presumably, it means that if you're able to block the kind of line of sight between the, the what's sending the signal and what's receiving the signal, um, you can kind of shut that signal down. Is that is that correct? And then I want to hear from uh, you, Gail. Does that open up potential ways to cheat in esports that we haven't seen before, or just kind of play a dirty trick on your opponent by like covering up their Wi-Fi receiver? Mike, you, you first on making sure I'm right on the technology. You're you're close on the technology. So it is um, light-based technology. So if you're on the other side of the wall, obviously light doesn't go through wall, right? So it would be contained within the space you have the antennas in. Now you can daisy chain. So you can add more access points and more antennas, i.e. a stadium. Mm-hmm. Uh, but where the light stops is where the signal will stop. Blocking the signal, I mean, you would have to, you know, it has cash in it. So, you know, if, if somebody walks through or puts their hand over something, mm-hmm. it, you're not going to experience any any misperform- any underperformance. Uh, but if you, you know, okay. covered it and blocked the light completely... I would imagine that you'll you'll get some interference, uh, but generally speaking, that's not practical. You know the way the the okay. it, it's emitted, it's emitted in a cone, and it covers a wide space. So you know you'd really have to fight hard to try to block the signal. And from the standpoint of you know, for, we're already talking about cheap mechanisms on a system that's not even deployed. I think we're really ahead of ourselves, but it's a little bit sly. But I think you'd have to see you know some kind of hand movement or something. It, it would be, yeah. I think, it would be fairly noticeable. I mean, the only way, the other way I look at it is, you know, if you're hosting like a non-traditional you know environmental environment event, like on, on a cruise or something. Um, uh, it, it will, it'll be great for game cruises, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it, it's just going to provide that low latency and, you know, high bandwidth, uh, opportunity. And I think in terms of cheating or, or make it, you'd have to make, I, I think Mike would agree. You'd have to make some kind of deliberate movements and it would be very obvious to the, any of the people mm-hmm. watching. Is is there a culture in esports of kind of uh, you know uh, good 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 sportsmanship? Is there I, I may be kind of uh, implying too much about the the culture of esports itself by even implying that people would would try to do such a thing? But um, is there a, is well, there a listen, good sportsmanship vibe in esports? Yeah, that's that's the goal. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think we all you know want a fair game, just like in any traditional sports environment. Yeah. So um, does it happen? Sure. Is it going to continue to happen? Probably. But you, everybody moves forward with their, you know, best intentions. And, you know, what do you think they call it? Good game, you know, play a good yeah. game and, and may the best, you know, uh, a player win. So uh, I, I try to, 
you know, you try to promote that, but um, I think when it, in terms of technology and, and all of these newer items that are coming along to improve that esports and competitive game uh, environment, um, it's only going to make the experience better. And maybe it gives people less of a chance to think about cheating because they're so enthralled with, you know, the way the yeah. game plays. You know, we're talking about this technology as really starting to roll out now, but still relatively early days. Um, beyond the actual technology itself, are there other infrastructural things or, you know, other kinds of technologies that need to advance in order for this to, to you know, advance or, or take on more of a role in our lives? Are there Are there regulatory things that need to happen? In other words, are there any roadblocks to Li-Fi right now, or is it just simply a matter of kind of deploying it? Uh, more, more the latter. It, it's a technology that uh, was actually uh, announced as a concept uh, over a decade ago. So there's been a lot of work in the past decade, and obviously infrastructures have improved significantly as well. At this point, it's really about uh, rollout, scale, and iterations going forward. So today, you know, you have, it's like a modem and a router. So, so you have an access point with an antenna, and then you have mm -hmm. a dongle that connects. And the dongle is important because uh, that's where a lot of the software regarding privacy and security and latency and everything is being tran transmitted. Uh, but you can imagine the dongle at some point goes away. You can imagine as we partner with others, you can get it into embedded, embedded devices. Um, so there's a whole lot of opportunity ahead. That being said, it's ready for prime time today. And we're actually, we are yeah. shipping it. So there, there's not many obstacles in the way other than the fact that awareness, folks aren't aware of it. And um, we just need to, we need to roll it out. It's exciting. We're, we're trying to help you on the awareness side uh, right now. <laughs> you're, do, you're doing a great job. <laughs> um, Keep it up, please. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, thank you. Um, Gail, you know, this, you know, when we talk about the ways that the experience will change for folks who are playing video games, folks who are playing video games professionally. Um, I can't help but think that with, you know, a far better system of delivering uh, content via the internet comes opportunities for AR, VR, situations where you need to deliver a lot of information um, uh, to folks. So I'm I'm curious, as we're kind of speculating on ways that Li-Fi could be uh, deployed here, do you see applications for kind of new ways of doing things in AR or VR that could be aided by something like Li-Fi? Yeah, I think, you know, listen, there, in terms of uh, the way game developers design games, I think we'll be able to see some new gameplay mechanics, you know, because they can create these new challenges with that are triggered by light, which will be very interesting. And then um, I think in terms of AR and VR, um, uh, I think you're looking at really a smart light you know, integration with a reduced cost involved. I sound like mm. a commercial, <laughs> but I think that, you know, the location tracking and accurate, accurate indoor positioning um, from mm. how I understand it so that, you know, virtual objects can interact with physical objects more precisely in those, those uh, virtual environments. That's going to be really interesting that you would not be able to do I don't think to the scale, unless you were using this new Li-Fi technology. I was going to say the same. The geolocation aspect and the low latency aspect makes that connection between real and virtual even that much more real-like, live-like. Mm -hmm. So it will be a better experience. Right. And that it's all in, in 
you know, inclusive in, in the device will obviously eliminate any interruptions you may have. You know, light-based technology yeah. is not radio wave, so there's no interference from a wave point of view, right, where you, where you, where you do get with other devices. It sounds like you're talking about mapping rooms, mapping environments with this, which makes me think of LiDAR. Can you maybe quickly illuminate for folks kind of the difference or the similarities between LiDAR technology, which is on some mobile devices? You know, I think, you know, some makers of autonomous vehicles want to use that to kind of navigate around the world. Um, can you talk about, is is this, uh, uh, how, how related or different are these things or how should we be thinking about both of these technologies in relationship to each other, Mike? Yeah, I think um, we should think about them in relationship to each other as the future and, you know, a future of innovation. Light on the spectrum, you know, light is far away from microwaves. So um, any interference you would get in a medical office, any interference that you would get in in a, um, a building with gaming, where there's a lot of different devices and computers and, and signals coming in, um, light-based technology eliminates that, right? So uh, think of, about automobile as well. It's such a perfect enclosed space that you can deliver just, you know, the best of the best in entertainment on a light-based perspective. So, mm. I, you know, I, I think they're complementary. Actually, I think it's complementary with Wi-Fi. It just makes Wi-Fi better. It's not to replace Wi-Fi, but it enhances the performance you're getting get, getting today. Can we go one step further on the uh, the medical side of things? So if there's a if there's a hospital or a medical setting that has Li-Fi, are they going to be able to do what they're currently doing kind of better or faster, or will they really be able to do new things that they weren't able to do before? Uh, both, and and the current is um, the concern is you don't want to have any disruption when you're in a medical facility and right. obviously in an operating room, right? you want everything to work perfectly. So again, the more radio waves in that room, the more interference you're prone to. But with, with Li-Fi, yeah. you don't have that. It takes that variable out of the equation. So it becomes safe. Think of white rooms, uh, clean rooms as well, where you, know, where you can't have any distortion of signal coming into the clean room, chip makers, et cetera. This would allow a device inside that room that would not transmit any kind of radio wave. So um, it's it's very much uh, forward thinking on the medical field side, not only for um, hospitals and, and physicians, yeah. but also for individuals. And that's what I love about CES, because we're talking about, we come into this conversation talking about a better form of internet and esports, and we also look at applications in mobility, we look at applications in health. And speaking of CES, yes, that was a very professional transition, Gail <laughs> and Mike, I want you both to uh, let us know what you're excited about for CES as you're making your plans for CES 2024. What are you looking forward to? Gail, you first. Okay. Well, I'm definitely planning on being there and meeting with more sponsors and advertisers and uh, partnership opportunities on a global scale. Um, I Hopefully, we're going to be making some big announcements in the, on the content partnership side Ooh. with uh, not only broadcasts, but mobile and streamers uh, around the world. So, And I always like going to see the latest and the greatest to see what's, what's uh, coming up for 2024. So I look forward to being there. Yeah, likewise. And, and we're going all in. You know, it's interesting because um, I'm a former chairman of the executive board of the Consumer Technology Association, the producer of CES. 
So and ran Sony Electronics for a number of years. So I'm, I'm very accustomed to CES and the 170,000 plus attendees <laughs> that, that joined the show. Yeah. Uh, but this is going to be so much different for me because we'll be in Eureka Park. We'll, you know, we're a startup, so we're going to be um, around yeah. other startups and it's going to be a very different experience. But we'll have a booth in Eureka Park. Uh, we've signed up for a number of panels to have discussion just like like we're having a discussion and uh, really excited. I'm, I'm so excited that we were chosen for trends of the future from the CTA and uh, just, you know, was on the road show. I think it was in, in Paris. Li-Fi was brought up as well as Photon Phi as the future and the future of, again, innovation for good. Right. Um, so that's important. Wow. Congratulations. That's yeah. great. And also, thank you so much. I, maybe it's because uh, you, know, you know of your association with CTA or you just knew to do this, but all together, all in, all on, that's like the CES tagline this year. So you even uh, <laughs> delivered the brand uh, in your answer. And Mike, and I really um, appreciate that. Um, final, I mean, we've, we've really talked about some interesting ideas about how the future can unfold with this technology. But just in case we left anything on the table, I want to give you both one last opportunity, one last final thought to say why you're excited about Li-Fi and what you're most excited about for what it'll mean for the future. And we'll go um, in reverse order of that last one. So you first, Mike, and then we'll, we'll close it out with you, Gail. I think it's um, phenomenal technology that's that's ready now, and the market is ready now. If you look at all the concerns around cybersecurity and all of the concerns around performance and expandability, um, here's a technology that is uh, good for the universe, it's good for the environment, it takes out copper wires, it ties into you know uh, the CTA's mission, the UN's mission, which is now a promotion between the two. And it's exciting for me to be a part of this roadmap going forward to provide technology for good and, and really improve experiences. So I'm excited. I couldn't be more excited. I came out of retirement to do this. So, yeah. you know, you've got to be pretty excited if you, <laughs> if you give up you your did. golf club and come out, right? Yeah. You know, for me, I, I think on the, uh, for, for Li-Fi in terms of what uh, I, I look forward to uh, seeing accomplished is maybe starting on the, <clears throat> the low-hanging fruit from uh, a small college university, um, doing some testing with them to a team level, to the pro, to the major events. Because I think once... Once you hit a major event, it could happen very quickly. Uh, I think it's it's going to be a great alternative, and uh, I'm help, happy to help these guys kind of push the message. And uh, you know, it, it's a global it, it's a global solution. To be honest, that uh, has a, has a time and a place, and I think the time's now. And I'm excited to see what it does. And anytime I can get on with you guys and talk about esports and in the future and tech, I'm I'm all in. So. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you so much to you both, Mike Fasulo of the company Photon Phi and Gail Dickey of Gamer World News. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you, James. Thank you, Gail. And that's our show for now, but there's always more tech to talk about. So if you're joining us on YouTube, be sure to hit that subscribe button and leave a comment. If you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartMedia, or wherever you get your podcasts, be sure to hit that follow button and you can get even more CES and prepare for Vegas at ces.tech. That's ces.tech. Our show today produced by Nicole Vitovich and Mason Manuel, recorded by Andrew Lynn and edited by Third Spoon. I'm James Kotecki, Talking Tech on CES Tech Talk. <laughs>